I'm Dr. V. And I'm Dr. A. Two doctors on a mission to answer your burning questions about burning sensations and all things science. This is What the Woo. So I got a new obsession. Oh gosh, tell me about it. <laughs> it's uh, a Peloton bike. Oh, those are really cool. It's really cool. Like normally, if I got a piece of exercise equipment for Christmas, I'd be really offended, but I actually really wanted this one. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> hubby, why'd you give me an exercise equipment? Is my butt getting big? <laughs> no, I just immediately jumped on and started pedaling. I was so excited. And so I hadn't done it before, but you you go on and there's all these classes and then you find like which instructor you like. And it's it's super cool because they're, they're super inspirational without the woo element. They're just like, bitch, find your light. But they don't say with juice. They're just like, you find your light through sweating. So so it's awesome. Good. It's, yeah. I'm enjoying it. Um, and it, it helped me understand that although woo has sort of brought people in, like you can still find your tribe that inspires you to be healthy without having that, that element of it. So... There's all these offshoot groups on Facebook, and they'll talk about things that aren't Peloton related. How dare they? I know. No, and sometimes they argue about that. But this one, it's okay. It is okay to talk about non-Peloton things. And so this woman, she just gets on there, and she's like, you have to buy this. You have to buy this thing. And it was um, a personal massager. Oh, okay. So for your shoulders and neck, of that, course, right? Yeah, that's exactly what it was for. And it was um, it was funny because it was one person who was like, this is a cycling group. And there were like 60 women who immediately ordered it. That's fucking awesome because we should. Yeah. And, and it was it was interesting to me how like as soon as the person had brought that up, it was like this dam opened of women who were like, oh, my God. Like, I. Oh, my God. I need this in my world because who doesn't like a good O? Yeah. But but I, I think. The the women in that group are all sort of in the same age group um, as me, and I think everybody had sort of spent the first three decades or so, like, not even thinking about it, right? Which is such a shame, though, right? Well, yes. Because, <laughs> by the way, if we were to think about it, our 20s would have been so much better. Yeah, yeah. We wasted a lot of effort on Cosmos. But you and I were uh, studying 18 hours a day in our 20s. So yeah, no, that. I don't see that anymore. Yeah, we were not <laughs> using personal massagers. No, no. It's very interesting to get to a point in your life where you realize like it's actually okay to focus on things that help you and things that you need because i think women in general are sort of indoctrinated from a very early age to think about others first oh absolutely like i think about my favorite magazines in college Cosmo, Cosmo, which is fucking awesome. <laughs> but i mean how many articles did you read about giving the perfect blowjob? That was the entire magazine basically clearly <laughs> I, mean, I think i think they're doing better now but it it very much and you don't even realize how much you internalize all that so mm -hmm. when you're in your teens it's about looking good for someone else and then in your 20s it's about performing for someone else like a partner uh -huh. and then in your 30s sort of the effort changes to 
taking care of of your family. Oh, absolutely. Like you need to be a good wife and a good mother and you need to pop it all out in the early 30s because by the way, you're a geriatric uh, pregnancy. If you are, you know, God forbid, get pregnant after 35. You know, there's all those things that are just really focused on someone else your whole damn life. And it's, it's not only like you shouldn't do this, but it's you're very selfish if you actually try and take care of yourself. And I think listening to the discussions with my peer group, I think that's a lot of the reason that people sort of get drawn towards all of this wooey stuff, not because they're like, they want crystals in their life, but because the things that have surrounded them for so long haven't serve them, right? Like they really want that messaging. Oh, absolutely. I mean, how much do you have your tribe? And the tribe is around yoga, which by the way, yoga is great. Yoga is awesome. But then let by extension, then we're going into, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow's, uh, you know, goop tribe and all of that. And, and we're, we're really just looking for, I think, uh, camaraderie and support and shit that we haven't gotten for like our whole life. Or right? just acknowledgement that your health and your well-being matter. And I think, you know, a, a lot of the stuff that I'm seeing is a reflection of our failure uh, in the medical profession to address people's needs. Because there are some people that start from the ground up, like they were brought up in woo, you know, and, and that's like, there's they this have distrust. No, ch- no chance. Yeah, but I think <laughs> I think the majority of people did sort of grow up, you know, with traditional medicine and all these things, and we failed them. So how do we do a better job of um, acknowledging these needs and physical, emotional, um, all of those things, and and still keeping it separate from this non-evidence-based medicine? You know, that's the challenge, right? I, I get so pissed because I've seen this happen time and time again with the, you know, naturopaths or any other alternative medicine practitioner who is peddling a disease that is, you know, one of those diseases that can have a million different symptoms. For example, Lyme disease. Yes. You know, uh, yeah, you can be fatigued. You can have body aches. You can have rashes. um, Or you can have like no symptoms at all, right? And just be poor functioning. But I see this shit peddled in San Diego, California. Yeah. Not a lot of Lyme here. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but have you seen a lot of deer ticks on your hikes by the beach? I, you know... There's there's more than there used to be, but I mean, for years, not a single case of Lyme in San Diego. And so, I, yeah, I but think... But there's a lot of Lyme diagnoses. Yes, well... <laughs> and and not, that's what's sad. And so, yeah, I, I think people want answers, right? And so the woo and the pseudoscience provides answers when traditional medicine hasn't. The other one, I don't even know what this is, but like everybody I know has Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Fucking fuck. Like, <laughs> that is a real disease. Okay, Absolutely. Because sure, everybody has it. Over 40. But no, it is not common. Just like Lyme disease is not a common disease. Um, You know, it's sad, right? Because... Those diseases have one thing in common. You feel like shit 
if you have the real disease. Mm-hmm. You absolutely feel like shit. You're fatigued. You have brain fog. You have, you know, weight loss, weight gain, depending. You have achiness. You know, all of the things that, well, you know, I feel every day. Do yeah. you? Yes. <laughs> but the, the sad thing is, right, is that you go to your doc and you're like, man, I feel like shit. Like, really feel like shit. And then they're like, okay, what's wrong? And and you don't have very clear symptoms, right? Right. You're like, I just, I'm tired all the time. And yeah. life is overwhelming and all of that. And, and then your doc's like, dude, I'll run some labs, but you're fine. And then the labs right. come back and you're fine. Yeah. And that doesn't negate the fact that you still feel like shit. Right. And, and like the you problem, want an answer. Absolutely. You want to feel better. And, and so then you're like, well, gosh, my doc thinks I'm crazy now. Yeah. And so then you don't go back to your doc and you find someone else who also calls themselves a doctor, but is not a fully licensed physician. And they want to tell you, hey, I have the answer. And if you spend... $100 a month on this special supplement, you will feel better. Right. And then even if they don't, I think at that point, you almost feel obligated to say that you do because you're just so desperate, right? And you've bought in. Yeah. You've bought into all the woo. And God forbid you have to come home and tell your friends and family that already told you you were crazy for going to this, you know, woo practitioner that, oh, you're right. Like now I'm $500 in and I don't feel better. So, and a lot of that sort of centers around, okay, eat better, which is good, right? Exercise, meditate. Those are all things that we know have a physical benefit. Um, And then then the supplements that you put on top of it. So they attribute their improvement to the supplements when maybe it's simply, I feel better because I am taking better care of myself physically and I have emotional support from somebody else who cares that I feel crappy. Absolutely. And let me assure you that these woo practitioners, they're not the ones that are like, here, I'll do some tests and follow up in two months. No, they want to see you every week or every two weeks. And they're really providing that nurturing environment that you need. And again, it doesn't mean you're crazy. It just means you need support and nurturing and being told, hey, you do feel like shit. And I acknowledge that. And and I want to make you better. Yeah. And so I think, you know, it's really important when we talk about the work and our goals for this podcast is that I completely understand why somebody would go down that road, right? Because they're not getting the answers that that they need. And so I'm not faulting them from that. I'm faulting the people who take advantage of somebody in a desperate situation, somebody who feels sick, somebody who has cancer. Like I fully, my closet has Zycam in it. You know, I have no idea if it works, but what other option do I have? Like I'm going to get sick or I'm not, so we might as well take it. Like I I get why people do it. Um, I just think that maybe there's some opportunity for us to do a better job of supporting our clients are supporting each other in in just feeling better. Absolutely. And I think that's where things need to change, right? We need to be that tribe that's supporting science and supporting evidence-based medicine and supporting the fact that like we women have a tough fucking life. And <laughs> it's okay to embrace that instead of saying you're weak because you're right. overwhelmed and you're crazy because you're having trouble thinking clearly because you are, you know, trying to be superwoman. Yeah. Like 
Let's acknowledge that instead of saying, yeah, go see Dr. Wu down the street and buy some supplements. Or I think a lot of the women in my circle are all pulling out their breast implants um, because they're convinced that that's making them sick. And, you know, it's, it's fine if you've decided I no longer need it. But if you're doing it because you think that that's the reason you feel crappy, then you've just, you know. Yeah, well, you know, and it's sad to me, right? Because, yes, we do have some research that shows that, you know, breast implants that were silicone-based that exploded in your body and were no longer encapsulated do cause disease. I don't think that that can be extrapolated to, oh, we're going to, you know, any breast implant that has any measure of silicone in it is now causing you to feel like shit, And so then now these women are taking out their implants and now they just have deflated breasts and still feel like shit. And still feel achy. But then you can say it's because of the cumulative effects from all those years with the implants. Right. Which, you know, again, (sighs) how many times, like, I remember I went, I did my undergrad in Los Angeles and I, there were times where I would be in the room and literally be the only person who hadn't had plastic surgery. It was just something that that you did and we felt obligated to do because you were you were not living your best life unless you also had these big Pamela Anderson boobs, boobs. and the perfect nose to go with it. Yes, and, and the bleachy <laughs> full, bleachy hair. It's exhausting. <laughs> exhausting and expensive. I'd rather just get on my spin bike. Um, by the womanizer, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you have to you have to look this thing up. Um, is it's got an impressive pedigree. Um, so you did mention the womanizer to me earlier today because they were talking about it on yeah. your Peloton group, yeah. and now I'm inspired because I'm just looking at the science here on that thing. I mean, there is suction to mm-hmm. the clitoris, which will increase blood flow. I mean, hello, that's how Viagra works for men. Yeah. And it not only helps them to maintain an erection, but they also report increased pleasure. So why the fuck aren't we doing that for ourselves? Well, I think um, when I was working for the urologist, the um, sexual dysfunction urologist, that was what I did before I went to veterinary school. And so we spent the entire year that I was working for him. It was the end stage, um, the the stage four clinical trials for Viagra. And so the whole time we were talking about um, men's sexual health and it was like, it was a huge deal because up until that point, the only option um, for males with erectile dysfunction was a a legitimate injection. Or the pumps. Or Um, the pumps. Yeah. And so- Or vacuum devices. Yeah, and it was considered completely normal for a man in his 70s to like want that. And it was also- sort of like the women were like uh, ancillary, like uh, this is something that you have to put up with. And I remember the doctor was joking with me saying, hey, instead of veterinary school, go to medical school and you can study women's frigidity. Because nobody had ever done that. And and it was such a mean word. Frigidity has mm-hmm. such a really negative connotation, yeah. right? 
Yeah. How shitty is that? How about we talk about the fact that maybe women are not sexually enthusiastic because their partners are incompetent in bed. They haven't been reading the male version of Cosmo, which yes. doesn't actually exist. Or how about the fact that we aren't dealing with hormonal changes in women and how when things dry out as you age, your vagina is not a happy place. And and. Let's talk about the fact that a lot of men don't want to incorporate lube into their world. And and we women are taught that asking for things like lube or a vibrator, or any sexual aid uh, is, quote, ruining the flow and right. messing the moment. And then yeah. if you're... If your man doesn't get a, you know, an erection, well, it was your fault because you were... You're frigid. Yeah, you're frigid. <laughs> you you had, you, God forbid, asked for your needs to be met. And yeah, it's, it's interesting because I don't, like, I can't think of anything that I saw when I was a teenager being exposed to all these things that I was supposed to be doing for a partner, but never anything for myself. And so... Like the chances of a guy, you know, that's sort of the same messaging that they've been getting too. Like you can't necessarily blame them for not thinking about it when no, it, it never occurred to them because nobody ever brought it up. Oh, absolutely. Like it's still this big mystery, right? Like how can I ever help my partner? Like I just don't know. There's at least it, it, nobody's ever said, hey, why don't you just ask her? Oh, she likes. <laughs> we well, start there. And also, though, I mean, women get slut shamed right. for saying what they want. You're frigid or you're a hooker. Absolutely. And I mean, I don't know how many articles I read in my 20s about how to subtly encourage your partner to meet your needs. Yeah. Like, honey, you could move his hand to somewhere where you would really like it to be instead of where he has it. Well, or how about you say something? Like, use your words. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey. Same advice we give to our toddlers. Use your words, honey. Exactly. Like, hey, honey bunch. Like, you know, uh, squeezing my ass and slapping it is not really <laughs> oh, working God, for me oh, in this that. moment. <laughs> and by the way, I am not dissing the BDSM community. Right. If no, you if that's love your thing. it. Absolutely. It is not my thing. It does absolutely nothing for me. And so, yeah, why don't you say, hey, like, this isn't doing it for me. How about we try this? And redirect. That's okay. And if you're with the right partner, they're going to say, hey, thanks for guiding me. Now we both can have more fun. I can't recall. And I have a really good doctor. Like, I like her a lot. But that's never been a part of our conversations like she's never asked me you know how's how's your sexual health do you have any questions about it and I'm assuming that's a normal question for men um during their their yearly physicals right like how's everything working it's just not it's not considered a normal conversation and that makes me sad it does I mean you know when I was doing clinical medicine I feel like I had that conversation on both sides because you know, that's something I'm comfortable with talking about. And I want to make sure women get their needs met. But, um, you know, they don't teach you that in school. They don't say, oh, hey, as part of a normal well woman exam, you should ask the woman how her 
her vagina is doing. Right. <laughs> Except for, you know, do you have abnormal discharge? Is it smelling funky? Does it look different? Do you have some bumpy bumps? But yeah. you don't ask, are you having satisfying sexual relations? <laughs> Slut. I know. That's the terrible thing. I mean, honestly, I get some weird looks from family and friends because I am okay talking about this shit. Because if we don't normalize it, then no one gets their needs met. Right. Yeah, no, it's is very... Um, it's, it's interesting to me that nothing has changed in the 20 plus years that I worked for that doctor. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, you look at even the the drugs, there's like, you know, a million different erectile dysfunction ju- drugs on the market. Most of the treatments for female sexual dysfunction are still off-label treatments. It, or antidepressants, right? Yes. Which, by the way, though, uh, there there's a lot of science to back up and clinical trials to back. Well, because we're not- all stressed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, uh, you know, one of the antidepressants that's used off-label is Wellbutrin. And, um, you know, that has some other uh, neurotransmitters that it's working with. So that's more... Dopamine? I believe dopamine and norepi. Okay. I think. Don't quote me on that. But it's not your typical SSRI. Um, Because those SSRIs do cause some sexual dysfunction. Yes, they do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You've heard from a friend. Uh, my friends have taught, have told me that all three of them that my friends have tried fucked him up. Yeah. I know someone who was on Wellbutrin um, at high doses. Uh, and we talked about how they suddenly were really interested in sex. Yeah. Like really interested. Yeah. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh shit. We should all be on well <laughs> Off label. <laughs> off label. You won't smoke and you'll be like ready to go. Absolutely. Um, and I think those are just things that you need to be feeling empowered to talk with your doctor about. If you're having troubles, talk with your doctor. That's what we're here for. Do not feel like you have to spend hundreds of dollars every month on some supplement woo shit when we can help you. Yeah, no, just get a Peloton and get your ass over to the FitFab 40s Facebook group. Because <laughs> I'll that's tell where, you all about the, the good vibrators. That's where the good information is. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe to our WooCast on iTunes, Google Play, or directly on our website at whatthewoopodcast.com. You can email us at contact at whatthewoopodcast.com or go to our website and fill out the contact form there. We'd love to hear from you. What the Woo is an educational podcast and is not a substitute for professional care and advice. Please seek appropriate medical care for any health care concerns. Opinions expressed are solely those of the doctors and not those of any sponsors or employers. Thanks for listening. See you next time on What the Woo.